You're listening to episode number 30 of the Brain BS Podcast, Reframing the Role of the Adult Child Caregiver. Welcome to the Brain BS Podcast, where you will learn how to recognize when the BS detector in your brain is sounding off and how to use that knowledge to get what you want out of life. Now here is your host, certified life coach from the Life Coach School and podcast newbie extraordinaire, Maureen Kafkas from MK Coach LLC. Hello and welcome back to the Brain BS Podcast. I am happy to be here. I'm in sunny Santa Barbara. It's another beautiful day. And of course, the same brain BS is coming up that always does. And that is this thought that I have somewhere deep inside me that you are not supposed to have to work when it's nice outside. (laughs) I always had this problem when I was in college too, especially when I took a summer class. Oh my God. And the worst the class is, and for me, the worst the class is, is it's related to math, physics, or some kind of zoology, chemistry sort of type thing, um, it makes it even harder for me to concentrate. So I'm dealing with a little bit of that, but nothing too major. I'm doing pretty well. I am kind of thinking about the brain BS related to the vaccine, because as we can see, the statistics are coming in and the cases are going up and more people are getting sick and people are starting to require a mask again. They're doing that in the LA area. So it makes one wonder if it's just a matter of time before we all have to start doing that again. But the one thing that I'm noticing that I find the most interesting and the most disturbing at the same time is how we are making the people who do not want to get the vaccine into villains. Now, this is not a political podcast at all. So when I'm talking about this, it is literally not from that standpoint. But as somebody who has been in healthcare for the last 25 years as an occupational therapist and who worked in the hospital setting and who had reservations herself about getting the vaccination before I got it, I'm not going to judge other people for what they want to put in their body and what they don't want to put in their body. And yes, I feel that same way even if it impacts other people. Now, if people are doing it on purpose with bad intentions and they just want to be troublemakers or they're, you know, I was going to say if they just have some goofy ideas, but who am I to say that their ideas are goofy? We aren't supposed to all be on the same page here, people. We have never in this country been on the same page about anything. So why would this be any different? And why do we always make it a problem when everybody disagrees and does things differently? It sort of speaks to what I'm going to be talking about today, that everything, one aspect of it anyway, that everything happens exactly how it's supposed to be happening. Nothing's gone wrong here. This is how it was always going to play out. And we need to stop making it a problem when everybody's not on the same page, because a lot of the lessons that we learn in life are from people not being on the same page. So I just just want to remind you people that those of you who are getting really infuriated and disgusted and judgmental of your fellow human being, you are bringing some really negative energy to the table. And I don't care if I annoy people by saying that or not, or if you're on a different page than me and you just think that no matter what they have to get the vaccine, You're entitled to your opinion, but I can tell you for sure that I feel way better about all of it than you do. 
because <laughs> I'm not getting worked up. I'm not getting judgmental. I'm taking precautions myself and doing the best I can to be safe and to not get COVID or to accidentally spread it on to anybody else. And that's all I can do. So, okay, that's it for my vaccination talk and COVID. I'm sure we will be talking about that a lot more, I have a feeling. But today, let's get to the topic of the podcast, which is called Reframing the Role of the Adult Child Caregiver. So after working in healthcare as an occupational therapist for many years and then helping to care, take care of my own parents and in-laws at the end of their lives, I feel like I could actually write a book on this topic for how to care for aging parents. And who knows, maybe someday I will. But not today, so we have to limit how much I can talk about things and what I can talk about for the sake of time. So what I'm trying to do here today is hope that I can possibly help you reframe the way you perceive your parents as they get older, your expectations of them, and also um, the way you decide to care for them. And this can also apply to those of you who have already been in the caregiver role and have already lost your parents and you want to look back at how you did or you want to reframe it. This could be really beneficial because we always have that option. So one of the first points I want you to consider is that nothing's permanent and it was never supposed to be. The second one is that nothing has gone wrong and everything is happening exactly as planned. Third, none of it's happening to us, it's happening for us. And then last, we cannot control the universe or our parents no matter how much we might try. We can, however, set clear boundaries regarding what we are willing to do as a caregiver, reinforce them, and forgive ourselves when we are less than perfect. All right, so let's, let's start with the first premise that nothing or nobody was meant to be here permanently. We kind of spoke about this last week when we were talking about saying goodbye to our furry friends. I know it seems obvious, but many of us really just do not accept this. We do not accept that we're going to die. We try to avoid it. We refuse to accept that it's inevitable and we kind of turn it into a big drama when it happens, even when it's expected. In general, we just have a hard time accepting the reality of death and it actually kind of just makes everything worse. Now, don't get me wrong. Losing a parent is going to feel pretty terrible for the most part. I mean, there's some of us that don't really care for our parents, but for the most part, it's going to be difficult no matter what happens. But when we add layers upon layers of suffering on top of the actual loss, that makes us feel a million times worse. Instead of being grateful for the time that we had our parents, we focus on the fact that we don't have them anymore. Instead of accepting that they're gone, we wish they were still alive. And that which is literally rejecting the present moment and only leads to more suffering. Just ask Eckhart Tolle. And instead of staying present and future focused, we get stuck in the past, oftentimes reliving our shortcomings as a caregiver, that we didn't do things well enough, that we weren't good enough, and kind of thinking the best days of our lives are behind us because we lost that parent that we love so much. Instead of being grateful that we outlived our parents and were actually able to be in a position where we could care for them, we wallow in our grief and overlook that this gift doesn't happen in every family. We really have to learn how to detach gracefully from our loved ones when it's time for them to go and understand that we are all here for a temporary time period. This does not have to be a problem. 
this is the nature of anything that's alive is going to one day die. Now, let's discuss the idea that when something bad happens in general or to our parents or anybody for that matter, we believe something's gone terribly wrong. It hasn't. The universe does not make mistakes and everything is designed for us to evolve and experience personal growth. Now, I know this is tough pill to swallow because it's so uncomfortable to see our loved ones struggling and in pain. I'll never forget what my dad's face looked like at the end. It was horrible and I just waited and waited and waited for him to take his last breath. This approach caused me so much more suffering than I needed to experience. It was awful waiting for my dad to die. I had such mixed feelings about it and I definitely did not know then what I know now. And that is, of course, that everything is happening exactly as planned. When we witness our loved ones suffering, we think it shouldn't be happening. We believe they shouldn't have to suffer that way and we want it over. But we are so wrong. And I want to offer you another thing that we get worked up over that we think shouldn't have happened. And that's if we're not there when our loved one dies. Or we didn't get that one last chance to say goodbye to them. If we were supposed to be there when they died and we were supposed to get that last chance, we would have gotten it. Because again, the universe does not make mistakes. So if you're one of those caregiver who is still full of regret because you weren't there at the end and it didn't play out exactly like you thought it should, or maybe you left for a minute to use the restroom and they died, trust me, your loved one was waiting for you to leave the room so they could die. Nothing went wrong. Now let's touch upon the next point, and that is that everything is happening for us, not to us, which is an episode I did not too long ago. All right, so let's be honest here. As humans with brains, we like to view ourselves as victims. When bad or uncomfortable situations arise, we tend to feel sorry for ourselves and sometimes believe that the world is out to get us. We're like, oh my God, how much more can I take? Why is this happening? This is so unfair. I don't deserve this. I did everything I was supposed to do. Why is God doing this to me? We either question or flat out deny the present moment and reject it repeatedly over and over. As caregivers, we can go years in this state of mind, which is breeding grounds for resentment and self-pity, which are two emotions that literally have no upside and do not serve us in any way. Well, the only way that they can is that if they're there, we know brain BS is going on and our ego is trying to be in charge. And I actually even want to point out that I said we could go years in this state of mind, but we can actually do it long after our parents die too. We can continue to think that way. But so, all right, so how do we get out of this terrible state? Well, by now, we know that thoughts create feelings, those trigger actions, and that leads us to the results that we get. Therefore, the only way to reframe the situation is by changing the way that we think about it. And one of the best ways to do that is to think that it's happening for us and not to us. And as bad and terrible as it might feel, it is always a gift to us and an opportunity to experience profound personal growth. Here's the thing though, we have to trust the process and really believe that everything is happening for a reason. It's a lot easier to do that when things are going pretty well or like if they're even just a little bit challenging. But when it gets really hard, like a loved one suffering or a parent nearing the end of their life, it's a lot harder to trust the process. The truth is, though, this is when we need to trust it the most. 
I found for myself that the greatest growth I've experienced always come after my darkest days. So I no longer make those really challenging times nearly as dramatic as I used to because I have so much more self-awareness. I now know that something good's on the way even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment. So I want to offer that to you that you don't have to get caught up in the drama either and you can reclaim your personal power in the situation. And the way that you do that does not come from fixing the situation or changing anyone around you. It comes from you accepting the present moment exactly as it is and learning how to manage your mind. So this brings us to the next point, and that is we cannot control our parents, siblings, children, friends, or anything or anyone in the universe, so stop trying already. Nothing's more exhausting than trying to get somebody else to behave the way we want them to, and they continue to do the opposite. Or when we desperately want something to happen related to the care of our parents, and it doesn't like what facility they get admitted to after their hospitalization. We can make this a life and death matter and it's huge, huge drama if they don't go where we think they should go. And sometimes it's the biggest blessing in the world, but that would be another podcast that I would want to share because that, that is like too big a story and it was too painful and so much involved that I can't include it in this podcast. I will say, however, getting my dad to the facility that he needed to be at at the end of his life instead of where he was might be one of the single biggest, most proud accomplishments I've ever done in my life. But let's get back to control now because this is a really big thing that comes up in families and causes a lot of problems when we're caring for our aging parents. So first and foremost, our parents get to have autonomy. That means no matter how frustrating it may be, they get to make their own decisions regardless of how we feel. Unless they've been deemed legally incompetent, which is a whole process, they get to make their decisions even if they drive us crazy and we think they're completely unsafe. That's just the way it works. I point this out because many of us think we're qualified to make these determinations and we're not. And many times siblings have different takes on how to handle the situation and that can cause a lot of problems. So. While it's important to note the legality part of it, it's also important to recognize that autonomy extends to the day-to-day decisions in the home. For example, when my dad wouldn't use his walker, no matter how hard I tried to get him to use it, as an occupational therapist, it drove me crazy. I was so terrified he would fall. I remember getting so frustrated with him and our relationship started to suffer because I lost sight of my role as being a loving daughter And the OT and me was super focused on what I thought should be keeping him safe. I thought that should be the number one priority. I remember I would be in the other room just waiting to hear the boom of a fall on the floor and so worried and stressed out about what that would mean for him, what would happen, what what would that mean for our family when we have to make sacrifices to take care of them. But I can recall the night where I could not take it. I just couldn't take the stress anymore. After years of him being sick on and off and in and out of the hospital, I was upstairs in the bed in my usual state of worry, waiting for that boom because he would get up and go to the bathroom, you know, throughout the night. But I suddenly this one night felt an internal shift within me. I just decided I just couldn't control things anymore. So I made a shift from trying to control and prevent to just letting go and deciding to be there to pick up the pieces instead. 
It was so liberating and freeing to not try to be in control of everything. I no longer had to get angry or frustrated with him because he didn't do what I wanted, which was what he really needed from me. He needed me to love him and be his daughter. But I really thought at the beginning he needed me as the OT. I was no long, when I was no longer willing to take responsibility for things outside of my control, my role as a caregiver, caregiver became way less overwhelming and way more manageable. When I wasn't trying to be perfect and make sure that nothing bad could happen, everything changed for me and it really improved my relationship with my dad. Now, I'm guessing at this point some of you are thinking, well, they sure as hell don't get to decide what they want to do if it's going to impact me and my life. But that's where we get a little bit confused because, yeah, they do. They get to decide no matter how much it impacts us. Where, where we make the decision and where our power comes from is setting clear boundaries about what we're willing to do if X, Y, or Z happens. It's not you can't do this. You have to do things my way. It's like, okay, this is going to be what happens if you make this decision. This is going to be the consequence. Okay, so I'll give you a personal example of when I flew home to advocate for my dad in the hospital and it was time for him to leave. And the therapist at the hospital recommended that he go to a skilled nursing facility. And he desperately did not want to go. In fact, he begged me literally begged me, which was very unusual to be in a position of power and authority with my father. And he wanted so badly to go home and I felt so bad for him. And at that time I had no boundaries and I made sacrifices all the time and flew back and forth and was always coming home. So I thought, well, I'm an occupational therapist. I know how to take care of him. He desperately wants to go home. So I'm going to go ahead and take him home. Big, big mistake. And it did not take me long to figure it out that he, the reason why they recommended a sniff is because he needed it. He was not in any position to be by himself at home and he was on LASIK. So he was up all night. He was exhausted. My back was killing me. My dad was a big man. He was very tall and over 200 pounds. So it was not an easy thing to manage him on my own. And at the time when I did it, everybody else in my family had responsibilities and the goal was, you know, for me to be able to do it. But nobody could do it. If I couldn't do it, nobody else could as a trained professional. So I realized I had made a big mistake. And another reason why it was a big mistake is that getting him into a facility then was much more complicated and harder to do with me acting as the quote unquote social worker and doing all the paperwork and stuff. But I did end up doing it and I figured it out and I got him back in there. And I made a decision right then and there that I was never going to be put in that situation again. So flash forward a couple years and it happens again. He's desperately begging me not to go home. He's literally sobbing and begging me. Let me tell you, this was heart wrenching. Until he threw his walker across the floor because I said I wasn't going to take him home. And that he had to go to the skilled facility. It was super uncomfortable. It was so hard for me to stick to my guns, but I absolutely had to do it and I knew it. So if you're going to make a boundary, you have to be very clear about it and then you have to reinforce it. And no, it is not easy, but boundaries aren't supposed to be easy. They're not supposed to be comfortable either. And they are not about controlling other people's behavior. So when they violate your boundary, you don't have to yell at them. You don't have to get mad at them. You don't have to get frustrated. You don't have to turn it into a big drama. 
You just do what you said you're going to do if they do X, Y, or Z. You follow through. It's as simple as that. No need to get mad. If you don't take anything else away from this podcast today, I want you to take away the need for boundaries. And I mean in any relationship, not just the caregiver one. You have to be very clear about what you're willing to do. And you have to make sure that you don't get so burnt out and resentful that you're not even in a position to be a decent caregiver. In conclusion, we tend to make our jobs as caregivers harder and more overwhelming than they need to be. If we can reframe the way we approach the role and keep a few fundamentals in mind, we can reduce our suffering and the suffering of our loved ones. We have to remember that nothing or nobody is permanent. The universe does not make mistakes and everything's happening exactly as planned. Everything's happening for us, not to us. Lastly, we need to relinquish the illusion of control and instead set clear boundaries, reinforce them, and do our best that we can as a caregiver. Then we forgive ourselves over and over when we come up short because we're going to, and we know that because we are humans with a brain. Hope you found something valuable here today. See you next episode. If you like what you heard here today, I would like to ask you to subscribe to the Brain BS Podcast. Give me a review of five and share it with everybody you know. You can also go to my website, www.thebrainbs.com and check out what I'm all about and how I can possibly help you. If you're ready, you can sign up for a free 60-minute consult or get to know me better in my free Facebook group called The Brain BS Group, where we dig deeper on all of these topics and you can ask me all the questions. Lastly, always remember, the only thing standing between you and the life you want is your brain BS.